the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into the third hour. It's a delight to welcome back our dear friend, my dear friend and yours, uh, John Shattuck, Congressman Shattuck, former congressman representing the old Arizona 4th Congressional District and uh, now the uh, principal and head at uh, Shattuck Associates. It's a uh, delight to have you these high political times. Usually the summer's a little calm. It hasn't been, John. There's been a lot going on. And I want to talk to you about Biden investigations uh, for certain. I want to see how much progress you've made in soliciting a producer to make a film of your dad's book, The Remnant, if we've made any progress there. I, I, I'm assuming you're working on it quietly. I am working on it. You're working on it. It is so – I I've, I've talked to some of my siblings about okay, it. good. So. Good. Just to give you a, an idea of how poetic it is, I, I just took a photocopy of just one part of this, uh, one page. The building, talking about Congress, which we're going to get to, reflecting Cal's frustrations over the day's events was a meaningless monument pretending to a style and grandeur which were each day denied and betrayed by its present occupants. The architecture testified to a nobility of purpose which was constantly being mocked and repudiated by the petty compromises, the calculated accommodations, the self-serving actions of its tenants, the great paved courtyards, the massive eight-foot doorways, the marble fireplaces, the balconies, balustrades and staircases, the elevators, the ones marked for senators only, only, all suggested urgency, importance, and dignity. It was a building constructed for giants, now overrun with pygmies. How do you not want to make a movie with that kind of poetry, John? <laughs> I'm all for it. Okay. I'm, I'm all, all right. in. I all right. Love it. Do we have pygmies now? I don't know. I was talking yesterday. Well, I, I think we have less than pygmies. Less than now. shorter than pygmies would be a a, 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 a a step up, a rise up. We have corrupt pygmies. We is have what corrupt we have. Pigs. I was talking yesterday with uh, the audience on this day 49 years ago, Richard Nixon left the White House. And precedent to that was a few giants going to Richard Nixon, Barry Goldwater, John Rhodes, maybe Hugh Carey on the Democratic side, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I was thinking just, are there any Democrats who could go to Joe Biden of stature these days? None of them carry the kind of heft and weight that that crowd would have, just to give people an idea. Unless I'm missing someone, I don't know who the Democrat with the most stature. It may be Nancy Pelosi, maybe, just give it, I mean, more so than the minority leader, Hakeem Jeffries, for, I think, for certain. But they just don't have that kind of heft and weight over there anymore, do they? Well, first, I think you're right. They don't have that heft and weight. But unfortunately, I think the premise is wrong. Okay. And the premise is that if we had Democrats of that stature today, that they might go to Joe Biden and say, look, Joe, it's time for the good of the nation for you to step aside. There's evidence of... Uh, blackmail or bribery. Uh, there's evidence of you being bought and paid for and of the money not just going to you but to your son and to your grandkids. Uh, th- you know, this is not in the best interest of the nation. But where is the premise wrong? I-, I think what you just posited 
Joe Biden stepping out of the way before Election Day, I believe that will happen. I'm convinced it will happen. But I'm convinced it will happen not because leaders of the nation will go to him and say it's for the good of the nation. I think that the leaders of the Democratic Party and of the leftist movement or the woke movement already know and, and are aware that if he is the candidate with the evidence that we already have in front of us showing his corruption, deep, 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 deep corruption for at least uh, years, perhaps longer, uh, uh, I think they will go to him and say, Joe, you are gone and you are gone because if we don't get you out, we will all lose our jobs. And at least in my observations in 16 years in Washington – the Valhalla is personal power. Yeah. And the minority has none. Yeah. I mean, it's just a fact. Right. The Valhalla is personal power. The minority has none. If the Democrats go to the ballot in 2024 with this flawed leader, and I'm not talking about his health, I'm talking about his moral character, his willingness to participate in bribery scams or blackmail scams serially with country after country, um, I think they'll say to themselves, oh, my God, uh, we'll lose a third of the Senate, of the Senate seats they currently hold. We'll lose uh, half the governorships that are up. We'll lose uh, 15 percent of the state legislative seats that are up. We can't – we, the the woke mob that put him in, can't tolerate that kind of devastation. So I'm convinced they will – concoct some scheme which the response to which from Biden will be, if you can structure this so I don't go to prison, then I'm all in. And and that's, I can't see a scenario different than that. Now, if he just says absolutely no, well, then God knows what happens. You know, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because that is a front and I wonder – I, you know, I wonder about that front, but there's there is the slightly delicate issue of his mental capacity too, John. Um, he was asked yesterday about the flow of immigrants when he was here. Actually, when he was speaking from Arizona, northern Arizona, he was asking about the migrant crisis, the illegal immigration crisis, and he started talking about the problem of um, water in lead pipes in schools in the United States. And 400,000 schools in the United States, of which I don't think there are. There's about 100,000 public schools. I don't know how he even gets to 400,000, but it has nothing to do with the illegal immigration crisis. I just think there's something very much missing. <laughs> Bless you. There's just something very much that is, you know, something people can make fun of and light of, I suppose. But at a certain point, it becomes a serious national security risk. Russia and China are testing us weekly. They sent a flotilla off the coast of uh, Alaska the other day. And it just seems to me it just seems to me we're facing the kind of crisis that everyone seems to know about, particularly the Russias and the Chinas, perhaps even the Irans or other countries. Everyone seems to know about, but no one here wants to talk about or raise. And I guess it is delicate, but it is our country's national security we're talking about. And it seems to me that's a conversation that needs to be had within his party as well. I couldn't agree more, and I'm sure it is going on. They just, if he were not, this is my cynical view after 16 years in Washington, if 
that flaw, if that problem uh, threatened their ability to remain in power, then they would be concerned about it and and inclined, I think, to take action. But so far, it doesn't appear that threatens their power. A debacle where the head of the ticket is viewed as a corrupt leader who used, well, in the Burisma case, a billion dollars of taxpayer money. Bragged about it, right? Uh, and bragged so about far. it on television right. uh, to do thing, two things. One, give Burisma what it wanted, but maybe three things. One, it gave Burisma what it wanted. They got rid of the prosecutor and, and they remained in, in, you know, in business. But second, his son kept his job. And third, between the two of them, we know at least so far they collected $10 million. Yeah, I think we're up to 20 with a new release today, which I can talk about. Actually, I'll, I'll give it to you right now. We're now up to this – is, this is incredible. This is from a post, if I might, from uh, Scott Johnson over at the Powerline uh, blog. Uh, Congressman. The House Oversight Committee has released a third Biden bank memo today detailing new information obtained in the committee's investigation that the families influence peddling schemes. The committee has now identified over $20 million in payments from foreign sources to the Biden family and their business associates. That's $20 million and counting. I can read you from the press release, but what Scott says at the bottom is probably the most important things. Maybe someone will make something of this one of these days. It really is an incredible thing. It it is incredible that the American people haven't yet risen up and said, what do you mean you're not convicting (laughs) him? What do you mean you're not charging him with these crimes? And the only thing you can say to explain that is the collusion amongst the media. You know, the only place you can get this news is by watching Fox or some media outlet to the right of Fox. So. Probably a majority of America get their news still from the bought and paid for Washington media, and they'll lie till the cows come home. I mean, uh, I can recall the moment that I discovered that the FBI had been sitting on the Hunter Biden computer computer for a year. And during that year, uh, Trump had been impeached for his conduct with Ukraine. And during that year... OMG! 51 intelligence officials said that it looked like Russian collusion when the FBI knew all along that that it was authenticated as Hunter Biden's laptop. I kind of left Washington because I realized the entire East Coast was a lost cause. (laughs) Let me pick up on that with you. to each other and they believe each other. (laughs) Let me pick up on that with you when we come back on the other side of this break. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Congressman John Shattuck. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I am um, Seth, and I am uh, delightfully uh, and privileged to have uh, joined in me, uh, joined with me in my studio, John Shadig, uh, the head of Shadig Associates, S H A D E G G, Shadig Associates, former congressman representing uh, the old Arizona Fourth Congressional District, from whence we broadcast right here in this area, John. And we are talking about, you know, there is a new. Uh, committee over House Oversight Committee revelation of even more money now flowing into the Bidens from overseas sources, $20 million now, twice what it was before, $10 million. And the question is, if these trees keep falling in the forest and there's no one there to report on them, will anyone ever notice? If you go to the Washington Post website, uh, the lead story is Hawaiian wildfires. And the second uh, story is Twitter was fined $350,000 
for not turning over data on Donald Trump. They're still infected by Donald Trump, who hasn't been in office for two and a half years. If you go to the New York Times online, um, the first headline is High Tech Investment and China. And the second is Hawaiian wildfires. And the third is special counsel obtaining search warrant for Trump's Twitter account. So it's it's the environment, it's Trump, and it's an occasional investment story about China. That's all they seem to care about when they don't care about, um, I don't know, um, an bribery, extinct animal. Blackmail? No, yeah, it's never that. It's just never bribery and blackmail if it's – the ethos of the media is if there's – yeah, if the Republicans are in office, we'll investigate the Republicans. If Democrats are in office, we'll investigate the Republicans. That's the ethos. Or maybe it's not news to see that uh, the prosecutors going after Hunter Biden worked glove in hand, shoulder to shoulder with his defense attorneys to try to conceal from the judge – the deal they were giving him. Yeah. It's placed in a document that even the prosecutor himself says in open court to the judge, Judge, I've never seen this done before in my life. Right. And yet he had to have done it. Right. Right. So he was saying, Yep, I saw it my job to the American people to try to get Hunter Biden off. Right. And to conceal how many things we were getting him off of or, or, or granting him immunity from being prosecuted for. Yeah. Um, the, my, I, I share that concern when when all of the media is as blindly loyal to the woke establishment and to this particular administration and to the people that run it, you have to worry about that. But the drip, 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 drip. Um, I, I'm unhappy with uh, Mr. Barr, the former attorney general, for taking in the 1023, which he claims credit for, and then doing nothing with it, and then going on, uh, I think it was Fox, and saying he's disappointed in the current attorney general for doing nothing with it. Right. The only thing I can figure is that Mr. Barr had decided that, eh, you'd never really uh, convict somebody as popular as the current president uh, of this kind of crime. So why should he have his family suffer for being the Trump-appointed attorney general who brought it out? I mean, he knew, I'm told that the vote in Washington, D.C. went 92% in favor of Biden. So who wants to live in in an area where if you stand up and say, you know, that sign is blue, 92% 92% of the people who are you see every day in your life in the Safeway or wherever are going to look at you as though you are evil personified. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I think Barr disappointed us. Uh, obviously, the attorney ter- current attorney general is as corrupt as the rest of them. I mean, I have never seen such staggering corruption in my lifetime, not in the United States, I've never seen it. I'm not sure I've ever seen it in the world. In the, in the third country, world countries, you know, there it's the accepted standard. We've <laughs> adopted their rules. Well, the question the audience would naturally have is knowing all of that, which we all know, is it, is it, is it addressable? Is it redressable? Um, you come to Congress in 1994. It's before the Internet. It's two years, believe it or not, before Fox News. Uh, Fox News debuted as late as 1996. You had a thing called Rush Limbaugh. 
Um, you had a thing called some syndicated columnists who were conservative. <laughs> um, you didn't really have much, too much, terrible, too terribly much talk radio. You had no Fox News, and you had maybe the Reader's Digest and National Review, and that's about it. But you guys did it. You guys could do it. We have a little more on our side. I think the left of the publishing world and the media world has gotten worse, but we have a few more resources now than we did then. But it seems like it's awfully still stacked against us. But is it redressable? I mean, is 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 there an ability to talk to people and convince people of the things that are going on? You were able to do it in 94. I don't know if we can do it anymore. People's minds are very closed these days. I choose to believe it is redressable. I choose to believe not only that the American people, once they become fully informed, and of course a democracy is depended upon a fully informed electorate, that they simply will not stand for it. It is something that I think is mystifying and and maybe God-given that the American people have a deep, deep, deep belief in fairness and in truth and in justice. And they hate corruption. Um, and and I have friends who grew up in parts of the country where corruption is endemic and people accept it, but I don't think that's the majority of the nation. And um, I was unhappy with uh, the chairman of the Government Reform and Oversight Committee when he didn't get the tape recordings right. of Biden and the younger Biden agreeing to be bribed right. or articulating the blackmail scheme, whichever way you want to call it. But... I would have to say that that and, and, and that's, by the way, the issue about which I am most upset with uh, Mr. Barr, the 1023, yeah, 1024 right. comes in and it says, hey, there are these tapes. If you're a prosecutor and I spent quite a few years uh, at the attorney general's office, I was no prosecutor, but I, I worked on prosecuting issues and I worked closely with prosecutors. And at times I had prosecutors who hadn't tried cases come to me and say, how do we do this? Yeah. And I watched them and they would grind away until they got the bad guy. And I have to believe that what is happening now is it's drip, drip, drip. So what the media is doing, they're hiding it so we can talk about the fact that all of the elements of the crime are there. Burisma wanted the prosecutor gone. Um, they went to Hunter and then they went to Joe and they said, we want him gone. Hunter says to the government, uh, you don't get 20, no, you don't get a billion dollars of government, U.S. government taxpayer money, my money and this listening audience's money. You don't get that unless he's fired. In exchange, they fire him. That's a complete crime in itself. But then beyond that, he says, oh, by the way, I want a kicker. I want five grand for me and five grand for my family. My son. Um, it's now just coming out slowly and, you know, slowly but surely. And I think it's seeping through the society. What the left maybe needs is to banish individual communication between people who live in Iowa or Nebraska <laughs> yeah. or Montana and people who live in, uh, you know, New Jersey or Washington, D.C. or uh, the Virginia area neighboring Washington, D.C. or New York or Massachusetts. Let me pick up on that. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. John Shadding and I will be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Congressman John Shattig is my guest. He is the head of Shattig Associates Consulting. Anyone who has had a problem with the government, anyone who might have a problem with the government, or anyone who has a problem with the government is uh, who he's there to help, which gives him a client base of about 7.5 tiny, billion. Tiny, <laughs> tiny, tiny little niche market. 7.5 billion people. Have one now, had one in the past, or have, may have one in the future. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Peggy Noonan wrote a column the other day uh, saying that it was easy to dismiss all the Hunter Biden shenanigans for for a while. The doings of of an addled and addicted son, uh, a wayward son. She says, but something's turned a little bit and people are now beginning to take it just a little bit more seriously. The doings of this son, the idea that the talking point is this is nothing more than the story of a loving father with his troubled son. I mean, let's not forget the son is 53 years old, okay? I mean, he's not 13 years old. Um, but you you use the phrase drip, 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 and maybe, maybe it leads to a saturation uh, where this is now going to be an unavoidable story at a certain point. And maybe the media understands that Joe Biden, though liberal, is not going to be their best war horse going into 2024. Talk to me a little bit about the drip, 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 more of a running faucet with the Trump indictments and if that's going to have an effect. My own sense, Congressman, is no at this point. And the sense and the reason I have that is everyone else seems to be frozen in the Republican primary except the really the B minus candidates who are kind of racing for B plus status. DeSantis isn't making any numbers increase, um, and Trump just seems not to be able to be not to be able to lose points if he wanted to. I, I I I know it's early. I get that point. I know no one's voted. I get that point. But it just seems to me, if there was support for the second most popular candidate, if there was support for DeSantis, or if he had something in his arsenal, it would have shown by now. Maybe I'm wrong. I wonder what your analysis is. Well, I don't disagree with that. Um, I do think we lack someone who has caught fire uh, and who doesn't have the uh, negatives that Mr. Trump carries with him. But what I would point to are two factors. First of all, um, as to the question of whether the drip, drip, drip ultimately hurts uh, Mr. Trump, President Trump, former President Trump. I think the answer that the left hasn't caught on to and the media hasn't caught on to yet, though they're beginning to, is he has the perfect defense. His defense isn't, I'm fighting for me. It's, I'm fighting for you. I mean, you listen to him every day. He says, look, they're prosecuting me because they want to get you. They want to destroy your lifestyle. So, and nobody can imagine... I even saw a kind of one of the commentator hosts come on Fox yesterday and he said uh, that he personally would have run like a scalded cat if they if they had claimed he was Russiagate. He was the guy that brought it on. He said, I wouldn't have had the strength to fight that. I wouldn't have the strength to fight this now. But Trump has the strength to fight it. For whatever reason, God gave him that strength, but he also gave him the message and I have lots of problems, Mr. Trump, but the fundamental issue is, he says, I'm fighting for you. 
And the people in Iowa hear that. And even the people in San Diego or Oregon or Massachusetts who won't talk about it are hearing it. He's fighting for us. He's fighting for me. The second thing is the flip of that coin. And that is, again, if Biden could get away with this without risking the power of every Democrat U.S. senator and virtually every Democrat U.S. House member, if they didn't think to themselves, oh, my gosh, if I let him be our candidate with this taint of corruption on him, what world will I face the day after election? I myself might lose. And those guys, I'm telling you, they love power. And the only thing that scares them and will make them cut whatever deal they can cut is if they think they're going to lose power. Not not the guy down the hall. Them. I, I can hang a light on that. That's such a great point to remind people of. The loss of power is really more than anything. You you saw this when Trump became president and you saw a bunch of Republicans who were vociferously opposed to him who couldn't wait fast enough to be on his cabinet. Even those who had been on presidential cabinets before, they just there's, – there's nothing like that aphrodisiac to quote another secretary of state. I've, <laughs> I've watched I've – watched, I've been in a room and watched them rush yeah. the president yeah. because they wanted to be close to power. Yeah, even Mitt Romney interviewed for Homeland Security. John Shattuck and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Shattig is my guest. His dad, uh, a storied, well-known political consultant and author and speechwriter. I'm trying to get John to turn his daddy's book, The Remnant, into a movie. And um, I just finished reading it. It's from 1968, I believe. It's just it's such a well, well-written book. And uh, to set up this, this segment, John, I'm going to read you a little more from your daddy's book, if you'll let me do so. He wondered if freedom was any longer valued by the inheritors. It seemed to him no one wanted to do anything for himself anymore. No one was interested in individual responsibility, not when it could be traded for largesse from the federal treasury. And the politicians, Cal thought, were the worst offenders, always dreaming up new services, offering federal aid for this and that in their efforts to purchase public favor. Boy, that was 1968. (laughs) I don't know what you say now. I don't know what you write now. But I will say... This When we're looking to a party that wants to do something about it, certainly the bulk of this audience, and we're looking with the team that we have that ranges from Donald Trump to Ron DeSantis to Chris Christie to Mike Pence uh, and, and uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley. Those are probably the, 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 the toppest of the tier of that crowd. Uh, everyone thought it was DeSantis. You and I were talking about DeSantis in the previous segment. The conventional analysis that I happen to disagree with, the conventional analysis about why DeSantis is not doing better, is that he's too culturally conservative. And I just don't think that's it. I'm not sure what it is, but it's not that. We are a culturally conservative party, and certainly no Republican has gotten to the nomination without at least, if not being a cultural conservative, courting cultural conservatism. I don't think that that criticism is valid. I don't think it is the DeSantis problem. I do think DeSantis has a problem, but I'm not certain that it's not surmountable. And I don't, I actually don't think it's something he can surmount by what he 
does in terms of revising his campaign. I think it happens in the course of a campaign, uh, sui generis, these we lawyers would say, it just occurs. And what that is is Ron DeSantis, if you listen to him, I happen to listen to every word of his interview on Fox News with Brett Baer. Mm -hmm. The guy is philosophically rock solid, Mm -hmm. but he lacks passion and he lacks – he is – Sadly, too serious. And I've seen this in other politicians. They are so serious, and in his case, so serious about how grave this threat is, that he comes across as uh, too philosophical, um, out of touch, not a regular Joe. And the miracle of Ronald Reagan was he got all the philosophy, but he knew how to bridge that and be a human being. He liked people and you could tell he liked people. He liked people and you could tell he liked people. And when I talk about Ron DeSantis, I think there's a chance that if the the groundswell comes and he says, hey, this is fun. Yeah, we're trying to save the nation. We're trying to save the world's first great experiment in liberty. Uh, But we can have fun while we're doing it because that's what Ronald Reagan did. He had fun while doing it. He said, Look at these goofs. You know, I'm not going to let them, you know, make uh, age an issue in my race yeah. just because they're so old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and he he figured out how to have fun while campaigning for the single most important thing in all of life, which is human freedom. And I think uh, the people who tag DeSantis and say it's the social issues don't get America to begin with. America, it was founded on a set of common beliefs. I happen to hear uh, a great commentator today talking about Judeo-Christian beliefs. And those two religions share a, a book. And oh, by the way, they share a set of values. Now, they have differences, major differences, but their values are the same. And the social issues that Ron DeSantis talks about the government is going to get to decide how I raise my kid. Who's this uh, black uh, sports carrot guy or whoever's out there? And he comes out and says, so my, his son comes to him and says, Dad, his son is five years old. I want to be a girl. And, the, and my response is supposed to be, OK, no problem. You know, and, and so he his publicist, it turns out, issues the apology and he comes back today and says, hell no, I'm not going to apologize for that. There is a job that parents are supposed to do and it includes not letting children at the age of five make decisions that are completely beyond their conception. And if Ron DeSantis or any other Republican won't defend that, well, then they don't earn, they haven't earned our vote. Yeah, that's right. It was uh, it was Barry Goldwater who kept redounding to the natural rights, right, and the natural law, which, as you pointed out, not only began our country but began our Republican Party, and and that the, that the idea that we should abandon those kinds of issues is to is to really cave into the notion of socialism, which does believe that the government and human are only economic characters and they, not spiritual characters. You talk about my dad's books, read any one of them and you will find that there. He was no uh, ranting social conservative by any stretch, 
but you can't walk away from the fundamental values of the nation, the first of which is truth, yeah. uh, or for that matter, a belief in a greater being, but, it, but, it, but it, a belief that there is an ultimate right and an ultimate wrong. And communism, socialism, Marxism, wokeism, you name it, they don't believe any of those things. They think it's all relative and right can be right today and wrong can be wrong tomorrow, which means, you know, laws against murder are just, well, convenient at the moment. Uh, <laughs> that's not what this nation was founded on. And it's not what I think God created man uh, with man in mind to be and do. He had come to Washington with the attitude of a reverential pilgrim approaching a holy shrine to be where the giants of the past had erected the guideposts for the world's first great experiment in individual freedom, an experience which reminded him of those words in the Thanksgiving prayer at the close of the communion service, the blessed company of all faithful people. Thank you for blessing us with your company, John. Those are the words of your dad in his book, The Remnant. We're going to make it a movie. Thanks for having me here. You betcha, sir. I'll be right back. Bank failures, stock market volatility, speculation of a recession, inflation, which some say is getting even worse, and from the looks of my last visit to the gas station, is. Where do you go to invest? You can invest with Y-Refi because they have a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve, any of that stuff. A portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises, a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. There are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio from Y-Refi, and they're based here locally. They encourage you to stop by their offices on Scottsdale Road in the 101. I've been, and you won't get a sales pitch. No one's going to ask you to sign anything. They leave the selling up to me. When you meet with the team at Y-Refi, though, you'll see why I like and trust them so much, and you can too. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm where you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, or call them at 888 why refi 34 you listen to the um analysis of the corruption from uh shadig and you get the pretty convincing estimation that there's two reasons joe has to go and you pick which one the media is ignoring corruption or the age issue We've spent some time on the age issue today. And again, as we were saying yesterday, it's easy to make a you know sport of it. God knows the media loves doing that when people make lapses if they're Republicans and misspeak when they're Republicans. But it amounts to something more than a jape or sport or fun even. It amounts to a national security crisis, a vacuum of leadership that seemingly – matters to everyone outside of the United States, including allies and enemies alike, and no one at the mainstream media, and only half of this country, because they so hate the idea of the policies that our side represents. What are those policies they hate so much? The economy that was so strong that actually had us 
in such a good place that we could survive COVID. Could you imagine if we had the Biden economy and then COVID hit rather than the Trump economy and then COVID hitting? The lack of wars, the lack of attacks, peace in the Middle East. Steve Shattig writes in his book, to a certain politician hero, you are my chance to do something for this country I love. When I hear you speak, I hear the voice of freedom. I hear the giants of the past urging men to reach the stars, to beat out their destiny, to challenge the wilderness, to conquer, conquer the rivers, to make this land what was tended, intended to be, a haven of refuge for the weary and the oppressed, a landscape of opportunity for the ambitious, and a house secure. We're so far from that right now, but we could have it again. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.